when we're analyzing deals, how do we determine if they're good for one of our funds? So first off, we need to make sure we are considering the investors and what the thesis for the fund is. I'm Taylor Vick, and this is the Real Estate Fund Insider. We're pulling back the curtain on how to grow wealth and passive income through real estate investment funds. So first off, it needs to over overall need to align with the thesis of the of the fund. So we're going to look at a lot of different things. We're going to look at the population in the area. We're going to look at the jobs in the area. We're going to look at uh, the trends in population and jobs, incomes, net worths. We're going to want to understand the geography that we're in. At the end of the day, we are buying real estate and real estate is in a location. So we need to understand that location as well as we can and make sure that you know population is trending up, incomes are trending up. It's got all the aspects we need for uh, for real estate to go up in value over time. We're also looking at the physical structure of the building. So the age of it, the construction materials, the type of construction. So just like with the land, you know, you're buying the land, we're also buying the real estate. People get caught up in leases and lease payments and tenants, but really we always have to remember we're buying real estate. So the physical structure is hugely important, and we spend a lot of time on the front end looking at it and then having professionals like engineers look at it and analyze it as well. So you know those two things, hugely important. We're also going to be looking at the tenant for commercial deals, especially the tenant that's in there, the lease of their term, um, their credit worthiness, uh, maybe their sales numbers if we can get those, how successful we think that tenant will be and how long we think they will stay, how they interact or affect other tenants around them, um, what is their the tenant's overall um, business plan, what do their financials look like. So. We are investing in real estate and dirt, but especially in commercial, we're also investing in the businesses that are inside our real estate. So we need to make sure that those investments are really good as well um, and that those companies are strong. Residential, may, it's a little bit different. You're not as focused on the tenant because your tenant's probably not going to stay for a long time, but you're more focused on the type of tenant you can attract. So, and a lot of that is going to come back to the quality of the building. A lot of that comes down to management as well. But we want to make sure the real estate we're buying is going to be attractive to the type of tenants that we want to have. So you consider uh, tenants on the front end a little bit differently in commercial. With residential, once you own the real estate, it turns more to the tenant focus because you want to make sure you get the right tenants in there that are going to stay a long time and take care of the property. So you do a lot of research on the individuals who apply to lease and you do a lot to think about the marketing and how to attract those tenants as well. So how do we make sure we're going to get the returns? You know, that that's something we're always looking at. So the main ways we do that are through financial projections and financial modeling. So with our commercial investments, we're very focused on the cash flow being generated by the investment. So generally, we're buying something that already has tenants in it um, and tenants who have long-term leases. So if we have already done the other things I discussed, like making sure the tenant is strong financially, they're going to stay in there, et cetera. We then are able to project cash flows pretty well, especially utilizing uh, fixed rate debt. So if we know what our debt payment is going to be and our lease payment is going to be, we have a pretty good projection of what our uh, what our return is going to be on a monthly basis. 
So the first step is making sure our cash on cash return or our monthly return is going to be where we want it to be. The other steps we look at are the tenants, not just from the things we already mentioned, but are they going to improve over time? And are those tenants going to, going to be more desirable to other investors in the future? So the more desirable a tenant becomes, the more people will pay for it. So if you have a tenant that everyone knows is good, they're going to pay their rent, they're going to be in the building a long time, people will pay more for that building because they get that associated lease. So making sure we've got tenants who, who are strong and then Again, some of the same things I talked about before, but buying in the right locations and strong locations that will also drive uh, drive up the value over time as those locations become more desirable. You know, we buy assets across the southeast. So, you know, how do we assure that those are of the quality that we want? So, a lot of it comes down to that research in the area, um, the research in the immediate economic area to make sure everything looks good there. Uh, traffic counts, the way the traffic lights are set up, ingress, egress, along with you know education in the area, uh, and incomes, population, et cetera. So that's that's an important part of looking at deals in places you don't know very well. Another one is you know we work very closely with the people building the real estate, and we're familiar with the construction quality that they perform, and we've done deals with a lot of different people. There's always a punch list or a repair request list we give to people. Most most sellers just complain about it. The sellers we work with, generally what they say is between the time that your inspector saw these things and the time that he got you the report and you read it and told us what you wanted to fix, we've already fixed it. Or that's on our list to fix. Or if it's not on their list, they say, we're sorry, we didn't even notice that, we're gonna fix it. So we make sure we work with really good developers and good people as well to make sure that the physical structures are, are made well. Um, there's nothing that can beat seeing the deal yourself or seeing the real estate yourself. There's a saying in winemaking that the best fertilizer is the footsteps of the vintner. And I don't know exactly how to translate that into real estate, so I just say the one from the winemaking, but it makes sense, right? The The best thing we can do is visit our properties. And despite being spread across the Southeast, we make that happen sometimes through driving in the car, but a lot of times through flying out there. Um, one of our partners has a plane that we are able to utilize a lot to go see these properties quickly. Not only is it important for us to see it, but it also means a lot to the sellers knowing that, hey, we've actually seen this property and walked it, and we're very serious about buying it. So between doing uh, research on the economic area, between trusting the people who are building it, between hiring professional engineers to do inspections and other inspectors and seeing it ourselves, we make sure that we do a very thorough analysis on every piece of real estate we buy. So a lot of times when we're looking at deals, the sellers especially want to know who's making the decisions. Is it going to a committee? Is there one person making a decision? What's the decision-making process? The answer for who makes the decisions at Blue Ridge is everybody. So we have a saying here that's, that is all eyes on all deals and also everyone has a voice in all deals. So everyone at our company looks at everything we do and everyone is able to say or share their thoughts about a deal. 
So someone who is doing the analysis is going to be closer to those little details than I can be. Or someone who's doing property management is going to know things about tenants or about um, how things work in the property management side than I do. So to me, it's very important that everyone is on the same page and that everyone gives input so that we can all make, uh, all agree on the decisions that we're making. So at the end of the day, you know, the buck stops with me. So I'm, I have to answer for everything we do as an investment company and I have to answer to the investors. It doesn't matter what happens, whose fault it is. At the end of the day, it's me. So it's very important for me to get inside uh, all of those details, to walk the properties myself and to be able to make the, the final decision of saying, you know, yes, we should invest in this or no, we should not, and be able to make that decision confidently after hearing uh, from everyone on the team. So what have we put together to make sure we're getting good deals, to make sure we're getting solid deals? So it always starts with finding the deals, and that for us has always been a relationship thing. So we have really good relationships with developers. We have really good relationships with other investors. We have really good relationships with really good real estate agents and brokers. So the first part is the deal sourcing and all of those people, you know, we have a strong relationship with them because they're honest and above board and they know we are too. And I think that alignment of interest and ethics uh, means that they're going to show us, you know, good deals and they know what we're interested in and what we're not interested in. So first is building not just the biggest pipeline possible, but a very strong, uh, pipeline of deals that we can look at. For every deal we do, we have financial modeling and we have different financial models for different types of assets. So everything is run through a financial model. Everything is uh, stress tested. We look at different variables. We look at different scenarios that could happen to consider um, to consider whether a deal is good or not, given the different outcomes that, that can happen. We also have multiple exit strategies. So we think of different ways in which we can exit the deal profitably and not just have one goal to sell the property or to sell the portfolio. We think about different ways that we can successfully exit a property, whether that's selling it immediately, renting it, improving it and getting higher rents and then selling it, improving it, getting higher rents and keeping it, improving it, getting higher rents and doing a cash out refinance, um, selling it to someone with financing, turning it into, you know, converting it into something different, you know, converting it into for a rental property, into an Airbnb, into a owner occupied single family home and selling it that way. So having a myriad of different options to exit the property also make sure that if the if our number one goal doesn't work out, we have other strategies we can pursue. So one of the best practices we have here too is is the ability to source a lot of our deals off market. So since we have these great relationships, people come to us and say, hey, would you like to buy this? So a lot of the best deals never go on the market because the best deals are sold between really good investors who know and trust each other. Almost all of our properties at this point are being bought off market, either through other investor relationships, through developer relationships, or even through broker relationships who have been told 
by their client that I would like to sell this asset quietly to another very qualified investor. So talking about our industry experience, um, you know, I've been investing in real estate myself for 10 years. Um, I worked in banking for about five years and I've been working full time in real estate for about six years. You know, I think most people work like 40 hours a week. I work like 80 hours a week. So you can basically like double those numbers for anyone. And I say that kind of as a joke, but seriously, you know, we put a lot of time and dedication into this. And I think it's also important to understand that I'm investing my own money in real estate. And when you're putting your own money in something, it's very different than working at a shop um, or working, you know, in a bank or something like that. You know, it's a very different level of experience when you're putting your own investment in it and when you're putting the whole deal together yourself. So between uh, between Larry Fisher and I, we've managed and sold, bought, managed, sold about $170 million in real estate from all different kinds of sectors, from office to industrial to um, commercial, lots of commercial, residential, et cetera. You know, we've seen a lot of different deals. We've done a lot of different deals. You know, any any deal that I bring to investors, I've done myself. And so what that means for me is I have to do as many different kind of deals as possible to test everything out and then bring the best ones to investors. So I've done, you know, tons of different structures, different asset classes, different phases of real estate investment, you know, buying, selling, uh, lending, uh, you name it. I've done a lot of different things. Um, and I rely on that experience when we're looking at investments for the funds, because like I said, I would never do an investment in a fund that I haven't done myself. And what you'll see with all of our funds is they all start with assets in them. That's because we've bought them and then we've tested out the strategy and it works. So we move move those assets into the fund, buy more assets like it since we've proven the investment thesis and allow all that to, to benefit the investors.